You're listening to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today's show is part of the monthly series, Food for Thought, in which we unpack some of the big ideas about food in order to raise the conversation level and stimulate lively discussion to find the way forward together. We'll be discussing a recently published report on Canada's dietary guidelines for health professionals and policymakers with Alfred Aziz, Director General, Office of Nutrition Policy and Promotion at Health Canada. Welcome, Dr. Aziz. Thank you, Peggy. Dr. Aziz, let's start at the very beginning. We often hear about Canada's Food Guide. Um, many of us know about it or even studied it in school, but what is Canada's Food Guide and what's its purpose? Great first question, Peggy, I would say. Canada's Food Guide is actually Canada's national, um, if you want, authoritative resource on healthy eating. It uses the science of nutrition and health to help people make healthy food choices and healthy eating habits. Canada's Food Guide's purpose is to help you choose foods that improve health, help meet your nutritional needs, as well as reduce your risk of diet-related long-term chronic diseases and conditions such as, for example, high blood pressure, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and certain forms of cancer. Also, the food guide provides recommendations. What's new about this new food guide is it's providing recommendations, not only in terms of uh, the types of food to eat to support health and reduce risk of disease, but also recommendations and advice on how to eat if you want, or some of the eating practices that support healthy food choices. So uh, this is really what the purpose of the food guide is. And what a worthy purpose. It's a, it's a real great background and introduction to nutrition and health and well-being. And I think it's a wonderful resource to have because we hear all sorts of things about food, but this is evidence-based. It's been vetted through a lot of channels for reliability and the recommendations are workable. So I encourage listeners to really look into the Canada's Food Guide on the Health Canada website. So a few times you've mentioned, Dr. Aziz, that Canada's Food Guide is research-based. And why is it important for health recommendations for a population to be research-based? And how can listeners access the research that's supporting the Canada's Food Guide or, or understand which studies the recommendations were based on? And then why should they access that? Well, first of all, uh, any policy should be based on the best available evidence. And when it comes to what guides uh, what we eat to maintain health, there's a lot of research out there. And Canada's Food Guide is really looking at the best available evidence that has been uh, vetted through independent group of experts that has been looked at in its totality to make sure that the recommendations that we're providing Canadians are actually solid. Because nutrition is such an important component of health. Like, it's one of the major modifiable risk factors, as we call them, because it, it really drives a lot of what we currently live with in terms of, of diseases. So if, if, if we're not eating healthily, we're more susceptible to heart disease, we're more susceptible to diabetes. And with the advances in healthcare, people are living longer, but they are more susceptible to these types of chronic diseases. So in order to you know, prevent them and to delay their onset, we really need to focus a lot on, on what we're eating. Now, the important part here is that while research drives the advice provided by Canada's Food Guide, that body of knowledge is translated into tools and resources that are accessible to everybody and that meets the needs of various audiences. And that includes the general public, 
health professionals and policymakers, as well as researchers. And all the evidence has been translated into actionable advice. And that's what's really is setting this new iteration of the food guide that was released in 2019 from previous ones. In the past, it was like a document that the way that we described it is an all-in-one tool. So something like um, a policy document, as well as a communications document that can be used by health professionals, policymakers, and the general public. Now we have learned when we were revising it, that we were when evaluating the use of the previous food guide, that that did not really meet the needs of our target audience. And so when it comes to Canadians, we understood that they needed actionable advice. They needed tips to be able to help them make healthy food choices and be able to follow the food guide. We heard that they couldn't really apply serving sizes uh, in, in their daily lives. We heard that what would help them is to be able to have some recipes and videos that show them how to make a meal that is consistent with the food guide. And that's the reason you see a lot of these types of resources on our website. On the other hand, health professionals and policymakers want to understand the science, want to understand the policy implications. So we have different types of resources that are targeted to them. So that's in a nutshell why I think that it's very important that Canadians understand uh, the food guide, but it's made accessible. The information on the, or the evidence on the food guide is made accessible to various audiences. I think that's really, really great in that it's been integrated and coordinated and presented. It's not a single study. It's, it's been a lot of thought and care and research and uh, responsiveness to what you understood Canadians needed in terms of the accessibility of all of this research and the ability to use it. Congratulations uh, to all, all the people who participated in that and putting forward a great resource. And so you were mentioning, Dr. Aziz, the uh, policymakers and other people who want to utilize the information that Canada's Food Guide presents. And so what is the relationship between Canada's Food Guide, which we've been talking about up to this point, and the new resource that we heard about in the beginning of May, Canada's Dietary Guidelines for Health Professionals and Policymakers? The Food Guide, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is an online suite of resources that are targeted to different audiences. One of these resources is called Canada's Dietary Guidelines. And when I say online suite of resources, I, I want to kind of remind people here that it's important that we look at the food guide as, as this kind of uh, collection of resources. And this is a report for health professionals and policymakers. And what it does is that it sets out Health Canada's guidelines and considerations for healthy eating, as well as the uh, talk about the evidence underpinning those recommendations and considerations. In it by itself, it informs all of the rest of Canada's food guide resources. So that report is, I would, I would say, the, the cornerstone or the basis of Canada's food guide. From it, we have developed a series of resources that, if they are targeted towards the general public, they, they are communicated in a manner that is relevant and useful for the general public. And for, uh, for health professionals and policymakers, we have recently, earlier this month, released a new resource called Applying the Guidelines, uh, and it's intended to support the implementation of Canada's dietary guidelines when, when health professionals are, for example, advising um, their, their clients, for example, if it's a dietitian, advising their patient or their clients on how to move closer to rec the recommendations in the food guide. Uh, for policymakers in supporting them into developing policies and programs that help support nutrition adequacy. For example, in long-term care residences, what's served as food is very much kind of informed by what's in the, in the food guide. This new resource will help 
those policymakers be able to develop policies to support nutrient adequacies in, in different settings, as well as applying the guidelines to different life stages. So for example, if you're advising pregnant uh, individuals or you want to kind of support uh, healthy aging in senior population, th there is life stage advice that can support health professionals in, uh, in, de in delivering that advice to, to their clients. Well, what a wonderful resource. And you mentioned such a broad spectrum of how and why it is so useful. And I, I'm just very grateful again to the whole team who has put together this incredible resource and how to use it. Uh, and what was the process, Dr. Aziz, that Health Canada followed to arrive at the dietary guidelines for health professionals and policymakers? Uh, we have built on the best available evidence and on the feedback we've received about past versions of Canada's food guide. Uh, we continually at Health Canada monitor the evidence uh, to support dietary guidance in, in Canada to develop the 2019 food guide and, you know, more specifically Canada's dietary guidelines report, Health Canada adopted a very rigorous process to review evidence from uh, the scientific basis. So when I say the scientific basis of the evidence is really looking at what we know are the links or the associations between food, nutrients, and health. Um, for example, relationship between sodium and high blood pressure, relationship between, uh, you know, plant-based food and heart disease and stuff like that. Uh, we also looked at the Canadian context, for example, what Canadians eat. Um, what is their health status and the environment in which they live. So we have information that will help us look at what do we know about actually what's happening in Canada uh, to be able to translate that into something that is meaningful and relevant to the current situation in Canada. And last but not least, we looked at how the existing dietary guidance is used, where it is used, what are some of the challenges in, in using it? I mentioned earlier things like, you know, Canadians find it very difficult to use serving sizes in their, in their, day, in their daily life. So all of this has really um, kind of informed what, what's in the guidelines. But another important aspect throughout vision process, our strong engagement and consultations with broad range of stakeholders uh, and the general public as well to ensure that the food guide would be useful, easy to understand and easy to apply. Sounds like a really robust methodology within a very inclusive process. And uh, everyone listening should check out the Canadian Dietary Guidelines for Health Professionals and Policymakers and the Canada's Food Guide that's available on the Health Canada website. Thank you, Dr. Aziz. After the break, we'll find out more from Alfred Aziz, Director General Office of Nutrition Policy and Promotion at Health Canada. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. We've been speaking with Alfred Aziz, Director General, Office of Nutrition Policy and Promotion at Health Canada, about the new resource for health professionals and policymakers, Canada's Dietary Guidelines. Dr. Aziz, I'm wondering what specific uses might policymakers uh, make of, of this new resource? So this new resource can be the basis to inform uh, school food policies across the country. Policymakers, for example, may use the, the information to help ensure what type of healthy food and beverages are provided to children and adolescents that align with Canada's food guide and support uh, nutrition requirements needed for growth and development. Also, the new resource, I would say, provides information about 
what nutritious food to provide and how often to help meet nutrient needs. This includes particular types of nutritious food that are emphasized for children and, and adolescents. So it provides this type of information to help them support those type of decisions with respect to what to, what to advise their, their clients to eat. Uh, the food guide does provide tips for Canadians in terms of healthy eating on a budget, uh, does provide examples of different options within the same type of food that can help you, um, you know, eat, eating on a budget, for example, making fresh frozen or canned vegetable or fruit. You know, we have to, to remember that also one of the reasons why we chose this particular types of food is because they are actually available in different formats. For example, broccoli is available as fresh or frozen. Um, lentils are available as dried or canned. All of this information will help. And we have a web page specifically devoted to healthy eating on a budget. And we hope that this is information is going to be useful. Thank you. And I think that this resource for policymakers is going to be, it, it comes at just the right time, particularly as you started with, which is the school food programming that's happening nationally. And certainly there are members of the province of Ontario who are advocating for not just food literacy, but expanded Ontario student nutrition program. So right at the right time, the uh, Canadian Dietary Guidelines for Health Professionals and Policymakers has come. So there's a, a big vision uh, it's a wonderful resource, but there is a, also a big vision behind it. And I'm wondering with your experience and breadth and range in this area, how do you think we might really mobilize this vision? That, that's a tough question because one thing that we need to remember is that um, everybody has a role in healthy eating, right? So we are putting forward a policy resource for Canadians, for stakeholders to say, this is what healthy eating looks like, you know, based on the best available evidence, based on what we know about what's happening in Canada. But in order for, for this vision to help Canadians actually, you know, get there, there needs to be systemic changes that happen. There needs to be support at all levels of government mm -hmm. and uh, stakeholders as well as and individuals as well to make, uh, you know, some changes to their lifestyles. Uh, that would allow us to, uh, to, to maximize the full potential of, of Canada's food guide. So really it's, the vision is to help Canadians uh, to do that. You know, we're trying to, to do it in a manner that responds to the needs of Canadians by providing actionable tips and advice. Uh, what we're also doing is that we are uh, making sure that we focus on food skills as well to, to help Canadians get there but also uh, bringing along our partners and stakeholders to help us along the way, because we know that we don't have all the levers uh, that, that we need to, to support this. So we need to work with a variety of partners and stakeholders in order to implement the vision that, that we have with Food Canada's Food Guide. What I heard going through what you said in terms of how we can mobilize this vision is that we need to work together across sectors and uh, also believe that it's possible. And uh, I think that we, uh, we can cross the finish line together. So we'll remain optimistic. So thank you very much for that. And a few times, Dr. Aziz, you mentioned the food system transformation. And one of the aims of the new dietary guideline is improvements to the Canadian food environment. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's very easy to tell people, this is, you know, this is what we recommend that you eat or we recommend that you limit eating because of, you know, the health impacts and whatnot. 
But I think it's much more difficult to implement it if, you're, if your environment is not supportive of you making those types of choices. Um, so to create supportive environments for healthy eating, Canada's dietary guidelines actually recommend that, for example, publicly funded institutions should offer healthier options that align with the foods that are recommended by Canada's food guide. Same thing for workplaces and retail. So we, we do have a call to action in a way in, in, in the dietary guidelines to support uh, the, the full implementation and uptake of Canada's food guide. So all of these are kind of initiatives that will help support a healthier food or or stimulate a health or create a healthier food environment that will make it easier for Canadians actually to say okay if I want to eat according to the food guide I'm able because you know I have the one the information that I need plus I have the the environment is such that it's helping me make those healthier food choices so these are some examples of you know what we mean by supportive environment and what we're doing to actually uh, improve them that's, I think, fantastic. I was really, really happy to see that the food environment was part of what was being uh, considered in this, because for all the reasons you just said, I know in my years of working when I was still in practice and, and even just in generally, people can start to feel, well, darn it, well, how come I just can't do it? Yet when there's temptation or misinformation or the conditions aren't around you to foster and help your success, it can be challenging. So I, I was really happy to hear that. And uh, uh, we'll watch for more on the healthy food strategy. And I'm wondering, Dr. Aziz, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I have I have a couple, yes. Um, so the first one is I'm very hopeful. Um, and that's because, you know, sometimes people look at certain, you know, life events or life circumstances as, uh, and try to, as difficult as they are, they try to, to get something positive out of do see a silver lining if you want from 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 things and from adversity and the pandemic has actually been a moment of such a moment for me like from the perspective if when you look at the people who have suffered from severe covid disease outcomes people people who have died from covid-19 you see a lot of uh, associated diseases that were un underly underlying diseases and most of these diseases are chronic diseases such as diabetes and heart disease it's kind of like a wake-up call a little bit to see okay we need a more resilient population we need uh, we need to be able to face adversities like this uh, better in the future and how can we do that and for me the answer is categorically healthy eating should be a strong component of making a healthier, more resilient population. And we have an opportunity here to build back better. The other one is more kind of, you know, I would like to encourage everyone listening today to visit the Food Guide website. As an addition to the recently published resource for health professionals that we have discussed, we continue to update our website with information to support you know, all Canadians with more information to help them um, use the new food guide where they live, learn, work, and play. Uh, and I would strongly encourage them to subscribe to our monthly newsletter. This is something that we've done. Uh, the newsletter provides updates on new content and resources, as well as healthy eating tips, recipes, and videos. And it's really a great uh, resource to help Canadians with some very useful and actionable tips. 
So I strongly encourage um, our listeners to subscribe. When you go to the Canada's Food Guide website and you scroll down to the bottom of the page, there is a button. You can do you can do it. It just take, it takes literally a minute. Uh, you will receive our monthly newsletter. We have one coming in in a couple of weeks. Okay, sounds really exciting. So sign up for the monthly newsletter to find out how you can eat really, really well and healthily through the Canada's Food Guide for resilience and just uh, we're living longer, but we want to be happy and healthy for the full span of our lives. So thank you very, very much, Dr. Aziz. You're very welcome. Thank you, Peggy, for this opportunity. And I uh, thank everybody who has, um, who has listened to us today. You're very welcome. And I really appreciate the vision Health Canada put forward with the new resource. And like you, I'm really looking forward to seeing the outcomes realized. Thank you. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Alfred Disease, Director General Office of Nutrition Policy and Promotion at Health Canada. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about, how can Canada's Food Guide help you achieve a healthy pattern of eating? Something to do, visit Food Guide Canada on the Health Canada website to find out more about what you can expect from health professionals and policymakers. Next week on the show, it's Waste Not. We'll discuss community food security with Ellen Lukusiak, registered dietitian with the Middlesex London Health Unit. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbrae Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.